0: But he speaks so well with your host Mr. Kinetic
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, oh Oh. Oh. All right All right, welcome back to buddy Speaks so well. This is your street correspondent. Mr. Kinetic the funky educator, you know look It feels good to be back. Have a little bit of time to sit down and uh, get some of these things off my mind. It's, uh, you know, it's really close to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I think I, I got an episode up about that last year. And we definitely will. You know, we'll just start right there. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um Obviously, there obviously there are so many African-Americans or black folks, depending on, you know, whatever, that have contributed to the rich history here in America and have done great and wonderful things to make things better here in America. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. happens to be one of the main figures that is celebrated repeatedly. And that is, you know, it makes perfect, it makes sense to me why. I mean, considering his his reach and his, his connectivity and some of the major accomplishments, accomplishments that he had in his life. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've always tried to figure out how to learn more about things that have to do with Dr. King that maybe I didn't know before and try to bring some of those things into focus. And there's a particular piece um, that I've used on one of my records before. It was from a speech about Vietnam. And he talks about, um, at some point, silence is betrayal. Talking about the injustices that that war was creating um, while running along with the injustices taking place in America, so it made sense in context. You know, he's talking about that. I I suggest that you go in and, and look that up if you've never heard it. And then there's also a piece that he wrote when he was a the student at Morehouse called The Purpose of Education, and I use that every year in my classrooms. Not just around King Day, but it's something that I focus on, you know, regularly. And, uh, you know, let me see if I can find a little quick excerpt of it. While I'm doing that, uh, thanks for tuning in. Look, if you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can check me out on Twitter at MrKinetic.com. So M-R-K-I-N-E-T-I-K. And you can also find out more about what I'm up to on um, on Instagram. I'm really on Instagram a lot now, especially with the stories. I like the stories. Um, it's a quick, easy way. It's like 10 seconds at the most for me to just, you know, Really, I really love to act a fool on there. I really have a good time. So shout out to all my people that keep up with me via that avenue. And uh, yeah, I just was suggest that uh, you do that. It's easy to keep up with what I'm doing. I just put an album out. It's called Voyager. It's available wherever you listen to music. So Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, iTunes. Um, I think it's on YouTube too. Also on Bandcamp, if you want to purchase it and own it, you can purchase it at mrkinetic.bandcamp.com. Yeah, so, all right, so I got it pulled up now. So one of the things that I really, one of the most, a thing that like really stuck with me the first time I found this this uh, essay was that, we must remember that intelligence is not enough. Intelligence plus character, that is the goal of true education. The complete education gives one not only power of concentration, but worthy objectives upon which to concentrate. The broad education will therefore transmit to one not only the accumulated knowledge of the race, but also the accumulated experience of social living. If we are not careful, our colleges will produce a group of closed-minded, unscientific, Illogical propagandists consumed with immoral acts. Be careful, brethren. Be careful, teachers. Um, So that's a part that's always stuck to me, especially the be careful teachers part. It it helps me focus on how easy it would be for me to be um, an obstacle to justice and enlightenment and lighting a a fire that becomes a, a true desire to continue to learn that if I'm not careful about what I do and what I subscribe to and what I believe in, I could also become an obstacle in a place where I'm supposed to be helping people on their journey and on their voyage. So I'm, I think I might have even talked about this piece last year on the podcast, but it's so, it's so powerful to me that it's fine if it's talked about again. So I mean, I guess to go back to some of what's going on right now uh, here in America while I look this up. Because I want to make sure I get this right. It's, as heinous as it is, I really want to make sure that I don't mess it up. So, <laughs> this dude. Now, first off, let me just clear the air. If you're new to the podcast, you know, you maybe you don't know. But if you're not new, then let me, you already know that I don't really fool with Trump like that. I never have, you know what I mean? I never have. I never thought anything that he did was cool. From before he had the nomination, I always thought it was just like, you know, this dude was wild. And he was not not a good person, and more importantly, I've been really clear about the fact that I believe he's a racist, a white supremacist for sure, a racist white supremacist. Um, the things that he has said and things that he's done throughout his life, I don't know what else to describe him as when it comes to discussing discussing you know his position on civil rights and human rights, um, because I'm not really concerned with just human rights and not just concerned with civil rights for black people, but human rights for all people and that all people have, you know, all people come to expect an attitude of respect and care from each other. And they are not going to be used or abused because of who they are or what they believe in or how they live or how they walk, talk, don't walk, don't talk, um, how they learn, how they love, you know, all those different things. I'm not, I'm with that for everybody. So Anybody that's in the way of that for anybody, I'm at odds with immediately. Um, you know, that's that helps me focus on what I need to do and where my battles are gonna be in life. Uh, because I already know the opposition. I know who's who will oppose my position. So, uh, recently, I guess a couple of days ago, I don't really know when he said it, but he said, uh, uh, apparently, he asked in a meeting with, with senators and house members uh, why do we want all these people from shithole country, countries coming here and he was referring to immigrants from places uh, like Haiti uh, the African continent, El Salvador you know because it was in a discussion about the, the DACA bill which is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program which is another discussion you'll have to do your Googles on that I don't I don't. I can't give you the fine points on that, but I know that it has to do with um, young people that arrive here from other countries and being able to you know, gain citizenship and participate in, in, and whatnot and be able to stay here if they choose to stay here. Um, I'm sure that it affects some of my students that I've taught over the years because I've talked to some of my students that I know that that affects over the years. I'm not saying that guessing. I've had that conversation with some students I've talked to them about what are their plans. What are we? What what can I do for you? What do you need me to help you do? What? How can we get in front of this? What does that really mean? I've had students come to me and talk to me about it. So I'm. It's not. It's real. It affects people. Um, beyond that, you know, just the immigration climate in general is this anti-immigration. Depending on where you're coming from, attitude is really terrible. Because what he was saying, he was he was talking about he would rather have people from places like Norway. I guess is something that he said. So really, I mean, it's another thing. I mean, you think about the places that are named, right? No, those places are black and brown people, primarily. I mean, the dude is a racist, man. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know what anybody. I mean, he has said and done so many things that I'm not even really getting ready to go and try to look them up because it's too many of them. But I mean, I've known for a while. But he for sure lost me. Like when he was on the campaign trail, telling black people they should vote for him because what the hell do they have to lose and all that kind of nonsense. Like that, like nah, man. You know, that's the same. That's the same nonsense that slave owners tried to push down. Like well, you know, they better off. You better off with me than you would be if you were free. All that kind of bull crap. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not with all of that. No, as nah, I'm not. I'm not trying to hear it. So I understand if you if you dip out of the podcast after this, you hear all that and you like, I'm out of here. I get it. But I, if you stay and you stick around and you listen to the rest of the episode, I'm with that too. I just I'm not getting ready to sit up here in front. I want to make sure that people understand where I'm at with it. I don't want nobody to be standing around wondering what I think about this nonsense. I'm not feeling it. I'm not having it. It's ridiculous. And. uh we need to figure out what we're gonna do about it. And in the meantime, we need to make sure we take care of each other. That's, that's really where it's at right now. Gotta figure out how we're gonna take care of each other since it's obvious that people that have a lot more reach and a lot more power and a lot more money than I do are not a lot of, well, I can't say a lot of them, but many of them, there's a, there's a significant portion of people that are in positions to help people that ain't interested in doing it. They're interested in putting a foot on people's neck. So we're going to have to get together and we're going to have to hold the line straight up. That's, that's really what's going on with that. Um, and I hope everybody can get down with that. Um, I hope everybody understands that. I hope everybody realizes that's what it's going to take right now from all of us as a, as a global community, as a human family. We're going to have to start to look out for each other. And we got to stop pretending that we don't see this stuff that's, that's not cool. And when we see stuff that's not cool, we got to be willing to come up with a plan, of action to work against it. That's all of us, thats we all got a responsibility to do that. So, now in the meantime, we're gonna see what's going on, but I, I think, especially if we're talking about it in the context of Dr. King, I think that's, that's where it would be from him. I know that's what it was from him, that was what got everything in motion. It was that there was a decision that was made that what was going on was not right, and where there could be action against it, there needed to be action against it, and that's what he did, that's what several other people Uh, closely connected to him did that's what you know millions of black people and white people and people of other races and nationalities that decided to be a part of the cause there's many many people who can say that yes no I worked against that nonsense and I'm thankful for all of them because they gave us the blueprint so we don't really have to sit around and try to wonder what to do the blueprint is in the work the blueprint is in connecting with each other, finding areas that we have time and talent that we can devote to to work against things that are not okay. That's, that's, the, that's the move. That's what was done before. It can be done again. It needs to be done again. And it is being done again. But we we really going to have to figure out how we can band together, you know, and put some work in out here for each other because we will all benefit if, if all humans are, you know, have a certain basic human rights and freedoms. We all benefit from that. So we should all be a part of working for that. And that's how we back on the podcast. Welcome to Buddy Speaks So Well. We'll be back in just a minute. Buddy speaks so well. That's DJ Rogers. (laughs) Your love keeps me satisfied from his 1979 album Trust Me. And I always have to make sure I point out who's playing bass on stuff that's really funky. And on bass on that record is Kenny Burke. Kenny Burke also did Rising to the Top uh, in his solo career, which would be this record right here. Yeah. Got a great bounce. Pretty sure Mary J. Blige used that at one point. I can't remember what song it was, but she used that for something. And then um, let's see, uh, who else used? That? Uh Dougie Fresh. So and uh playing drums on that song, though, is James Gadson. Now, James Gadson is a name I mean you would know if you if you like look this kind of stuff up and you like care about it, you would know. <clears throat> But if you're the kind of person that's just like, ah, oh, I just kind of listen to music. I don't really think about that kind of stuff. I don't really, you know, I'm not really getting into all of that. And then I could see, you know, you might not really be hip. But James Gatson was on, uh, he was the original drummer for the 103rd Street Rhythm Band, the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band with Charles, White, Charles Wright, which would be Express Yourself. So this... I'm working, I'm working a different setup here today. Uh, I'm trying something different. So I got, I got Serato running at the same time because when I think of these things, I like want to play them. So this is, this is uh, Charles Wright in the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band, and this is James Gatson playing the drums. <laughs>
2: Express yourself You don't ever need help From nobody else All you got to do now Express
1: yourself uh. Whatever you do Come uh. Uh,
0: good. Uh. Yeah, that's Charles Wright Man, it's a great record Commonly used by NWA For Express Yourself Which was one of the few records That Dr. Dre really rapped on When he was in NWA And I'm pretty sure Ice Cube Wrote all of that <laughs> Either Ice Cube or MC Ren One of them probably wrote Dre's verse Um I think it was Ice Cube, to be honest. You listen to it, you can picture Ice Cube rapping that. But that's not, okay, whatever. Music tangent, sorry. You'll find that a lot when you're here on Buddy Speaks So Well, it's kind of what I do. So, but what I really wanted to talk about, I'm starting a new segment called Things I Think About While I'm DJing. And, (laughs) no, seriously, that's the name of it. Things I Think Of While I'm DJing. And, and, there's a, there's a thought that comes into my head quite a bit because I play a lot of this artist's music um, because people like it. People enjoy his music. And that artist would be none other than Bruno Mars. And I have no problems with Bruno Mars's music. Um, people enjoy it. People like to hear it. People move around when it comes on. It makes people feel happy and people really enjoy the experience for the three or four minutes that song is playing, and that's great. To me, that's what music, at its best, it makes people feel something, and if it makes people feel happy, if that's what the point was, then you nailed it. As a songwriter, I get it. If, you, if people feel the way you wanted them to feel when, you, when they hear your record, then you, that's cool, uh, and I respect that, and he's a hell of a performer. He puts on a crazy show. I wish I could see it live. I missed it this year, but I want to I want to check him out live sometime because I just the, the theatrics and the way that show is put together, it looks incredible. But one thing I always think of while I'm playing this music is that it sounds like something else I've already heard. And I that's not really I know some people hear that and think that's man, that's messed up. No, that's not really a bad thing. I don't think that's a terrible thing. I think that's the key as an artist. You know, it's to figure out. Um, I, I, I listened to something that James Entume said one time. James, M. Tume is a percussionist and a songwriter and producer. He worked with Miles Davis at one point in time. Uh, one of his bigger solo records, or when he was with the group, M. Tume would be Juicy, Juicy Fruit, which became Juicy by Notorious BIG. But M. Tume has been involved in a lot of other stuff. Um, you know, he's got a long list of production credits. But I heard something he said one time. He said, You have to find the difference. In the familiar. And that's actually written on my desk that I work on here in my house down in the basement. Find the difference in the familiar. And what he was talking about is that it's okay to work in a familiar area of music, but try to find something different in it that you can do and make it your own. And he said that was part of the thing that he always tried to do. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty neat way to do it I guess it's kind of like you can you can have a million cheeseburgers but like them you know the best ones is something there's something different in it even though it's a familiar thing for you it's different so Bruno Mars is like latched on to that I mean the music is different I mean none of these songs I'm gonna play some examples none of them are like the same chords or that I can tell none of them are like the same chords or you know some of them it's not even the same kind of drum beat or the same rhythm, but it's the feel. And like these are the songs I will play the song that I have to that I play sometimes. I haven't played some of the well, not to lie. I play these almost all the time when I'm out working. I work a lot of weddings and corporate functions and events and just randomness, you know where people just let me do my own thing. But a lot of times, um, I'm still trying to think about what's what do people recognize, what will be familiar to them? How do we keep people engaged with the music? Um, this is not my time to sit around and play Sun Ra and like Mad Lib pseudonym albums, you know, like yesterday's new quintet and stuff like that. I like that stuff. Um, But the chances of me going into a space that I'm working in a lot of times and people being like, oh yeah, totally. That's from from the first yesterday's new quintet album. Like, no, (laughs) it's just not the room I'm in a lot of times. When I'm in that room, I play that music. But um, Bruno Mars is like, people dig it. I don't know, all kinds of people dig it. I don't know too many people that hear Bruno Mars. Ah, like, oh, man, I ain't trying to hear that. He might, there's some people that are certain those devoid of funk about it, but like, man, there's some funk in these records, man. I mean, he at least, you know, he didn't half do it. All these records that, you know, you hear him, it's like, well, you know, it's got that funk and stank on it, a lot of it. So, um, so for this first one, I'm going to play the song, and this song is called Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. Two, one, two, three. So that's Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. Okay, so that song always makes me think of Sting, Stuart Copeland, and Andy Summers, which are commonly known together as The Police. I, you know, okay, background here. When I was young and first started learning how to play the bass, The only things I could use that had real clear bass lines that I wanted to play along to, that I wanted to try to learn how to play, to be able to, you know, learn more about my instrument, it was all based off of CDs my parents owned. And one of them that my parents owned was a Police Greatest Hits. And, you know, I tried to cop the lines from Sting, you know, when I was 13, 14. Sting has some lines on that bass, man, let me tell you. Sting got some funk. Sting is a funky dude on that bass, but he can rock too. But ooh, Sting got some lines, man. Y'all hear some of those police records. You just listen to that bass line, and then he would go out live in shows and be doing that while he was singing. Sting is a bad man. There's a live album uh, of two different live concerts recorded by the police that you should go, go look that up if you don't have it, if you're a police person. Man, they get down. Ooh, with just three people on stage. And one of the shows is just the three of them. And he gets so busy. Oh, man, the whole band is jamming. So I hear that song and that, that, that... I bet Sting heard that and was like, yo, that sounds like something we would have did. I bet he thinks that. cause I mean, I know every time I play it. The first time I heard it, I turned around. I'm like, is that a police record? I'm like, oh no, I ain't a police record. Because some of the sounds that are in it kind of give it away the, the 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 sense and the claps and some of the da, 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 that little vocal sample or whatever that's in there. That kind of gives it away that it's not from the you know late 70s, early 80s, but still the feel and that groove, that pocket, it reminds me of the police. And in particular, it reminds me of this record. Called uh, "Can't Stand Losing You." Now again, it's I'm not saying it's the same chords or the same groove totally, but it's that feel is just what it made me think of. I just, I hear them, I'm like, even like the way they start, it just, it, the, the guitar tones, just, it's so similar. But it works, so, you know. Now, as far as funky bass lines go with Sting, let me see, is this the song I think it is? Oh man, yeah, this one right here, Voices Inside My Head. What? That pocket is so funky, that pocket is crazy, and then that bass line, that bass. I hear that, and I'm like, y'all can say whatever y'all want to say about staying. But I'm telling you, he got some funk. He really does. I think people think of, like, uh, Every Breath You Take, and, you know, which it's, is not a bad song. It's not exactly funky. And sometimes think of him for Fields of Gold, you know. You'll remember me when the West Wind moves. Upon the fields of Bali. He don't exactly sing it like that, but you know the song. So I think people hear that and like, oh, that's Sting. I'm like, well, Sting also could jam on the one. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the Bruno song. Now, here's the second one. This one is like, I don't know if this song is ever going to go away. That's another thing about Bruno Mars. He done made some records that I think might be around for a while. Uh, a couple of them I'm gonna play right here, but I think he's made some records that I just don't really think people are gonna be like, I don't want to hear that no more. There'll be some people who don't want to hear it anymore, but so far, I've never seen it, you know, clear floor. Um, and most functions are, it, you know, where that's where where you're like, okay, because really, you gotta make sure you stay. You gotta play the hits. A lot of times when you're in the room with people, no matter how much you love music, you gotta play the hits. Because it's easy to be all, like, off into your own thing. But you got to play the hits. And the hits are, some of them are Bruno Mars songs. Like this one. Hold on, no. I want to point something out. That's Mr. Talkbox doing that Talkbox. Mr. Talkbox, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter, too. Mr. Talkbox is Nasty. He's nasty. So it's not like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Bruno kept, he, he knew what to do. He knew what to do. He didn't go and just get anybody. He went and got people that really can do the thing. And Mr. Talkbox is no joke. He starts off that record. And it's, tonight, I mean, what? Mr. Talkbox came in snapping. You know, and it's easy to be like, man, what's, what's he, you know, who is that? No, that's Mr. Talkbox. Don't say nothing crazy about Mr. Talkbox. He's a bad man. We're going to take it from the top. Funky.
2: Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jacking. Keep uh, play
0: play well, eh? Come on, put your
2: diggies to the moon. Hey! Girls! What y'all trying to do? What y'all trying to do? 24 karat magic in the air.
1: Head to toe somewhere.
0: Man, listen. Funky. Now, he, a lot of people, that are like music people will probably say, well, that sounds like Teddy Riley. I believe that too. But Teddy Riley, because you know, those chords at the beginning with Mr. Talkbox when he's doing this little part, those are all straight, that's straight church chords. You go to, that's church musician chords. And Mr. Talkbox is a is a church musician, you know, a Christian contemporary artist as well, gospel. So you hear those chords, you know, that's real churchy. But Teddy Riley was also a church guy before he got into working with Guy and Aaron Hall and Damien Hall. And everybody else, Key Sweat, Michael Jackson, Bobby Brown, you know, Teddy Riley is a genius. Oh, Pharrell, Chad Hugo, what? Neptune's used to work with Teddy Riley. Straight up, they're all from Virginia. Well, Teddy Riley's from Harlem, but he moved down to Virginia. Neptune's are from Virginia. They use, so when you hear, uh, matter of fact, hold on, when you there's there's a there's a Pharrell. Pharrell's on a really big record that a lot of people know, and a lot of people are like, that's Pharrell? People are like, I didn't know that was Pharrell. Because it was produced by Teddy Riley. And so Pharrell was young back then, so he's on the record. I'm trying to get it. Thank you for your patience. This one right here. You're gonna hear it. It's it's the the part that stands out right here. It's when he says SWV. It's Pharrell. It's Pharrell's voice. That's Pharrell. And then later in the song, let's see, is it right here? When it goes back into the part where they just say it a bunch. Also, shout out to the Human Nature sample. That's one of the coldest Michael Jackson songs for me. I love that song. But here it go Pharrell again.
1: I relatable- will be right here.
0: Be right here. That is a jam. Oh, my goodness gracious. That song brings back so many memories. That was my sister's record, man. My sister loved that song. She loved SWV in general, but I remember that. We used to get down in the car to that. uh, That song, Come On in the Car, everybody's singing. Lately it's clear to me there's a guarantee about the way I feel that I want to be. And I mess the words up every time. I don't even care. It's all about the vibe. But anyway. But, but really for me, when I hear that song, when I hear 24 K Magic, all I think of is Roger Troutman. As there's a bunch of songs, but just that whole general approach. I mean, it's the talk box. A lot of people use the talk box. Peter Frampton, Stevie Wonder, Juni Morrison. I mean, there's plenty of other people I'm sure I'm not thinking about. There's a talk boxing is not stuck to one person, but Roger Troutman is by far the like, he took the boundaries and just went as far as possible with the talk box created a whole lane to the point that if you even hear a talk box now you might know other people that do it but if you like you know what's going on Roger Troutman is the guy when it comes to the talk box and I mean I have a talk box here just because I've always wanted want to try to figure it out it's hard too. You to take a real you know you got to have a lot of finesse and it's a lot of practice to get the the sounds to come out right to be able to to mouth the words without actually talking and have them come out and you play in the key line at the same time it's crazy it's a lot of work. But like this record right here is one that comes to mind when I hear 24 karat magic. I always want to switch into this after that. It will help if I open up the fader. <laughs>
1: Now, let
0: me you people, I wish I could see me right now. I'm jammed. It's a monster jam. You know, as I was playing that, it made me think how to go right into the next Bruno Mars song. I have another song that I think of when I hear this next Bruno song. But man, like so much of the vibe from that record, especially once that guitar comes in, is is Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk got that same kind of like just Uptown Funk. Yeah, I got another one after Uptown Funk that there's parts of Uptown Funk that it reminds me of. But really, it still got that Roger. And this is Mark Ronson's work. And Bruno Mars is featured on it because it's from Mark Ronson's album. But still, I mean, just like that hard clap. That clap is all Roger. And just that little simple chicken picking guitar line is really James Brown. Bro. This shit, that ice cold. Michelle fight for
2: that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls. Masterpieces, styling, violin, living it up in the city. Got Chuck's on with St. Laurent, gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty. I'm too hot, hot uh, call the police and the fireman. I'm too hot, hot make a dragon wanna retire, man. I'm too hot, hot say my name, you know who I am. I'm too hot, hot and my band, that money, break it down. Girls, hit you, hallelujah. Girl, set you Hallelujah. Girl, set you Hallelujah. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Saturday night, and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch.
0: So, yeah, the uptown funk. So Rough, So Tough reminds me of, Uptown Funk reminds me of So Rough, So Tough, but it also reminds me of this joint by the Gap Band called Party Lights. There's that, which is a record I absolutely love. I grew up hearing that. My dad is a big Gap Band fan, and he's a Charlie Wilson fan now, but Gap Band fan. Woo! A lot of Gap Band in the house from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Gap Band got some songs that are basically country songs. You know, I found out... um, I I was listening to Questlove Supreme, and he was interviewing uh, Charlie Wilson, and at one point, who did he say? Uh um yeah, Leon Russell. At one point in time, he was in, he worked with Leon Russell. So <laughs> which is really interesting to think about if you know who Leon Russell is, um, he kind of he was on, let's see. If they backed up Leon Russell on on in 1974 on an album called "Stop All That Jazz," and so yeah, so we you know, I mean, Oklahoma, I got family out in Tulsa. What's up to all my cousins out there? My cousin Venus, Lamont, Kendrick, Kyron, my auntie Vine, cousin Tiffany, whole crew out there. Um, I love all y'all, but yeah, you, I mean, Tulsa is Oklahoma. I mean, it's not, you know. Historically. You might see some cowboy hats in, in Oklahoma. That's why when you see Charlie Wilson, he got that cowboy hat on back on those gap band records. I mean, they, they I don't know if they weren't messing around. <clears throat> They're from Tulsa. So anyway. But then there's another record that I always think of when I hear Uptown Funk while I'm DJing. And it's Housequake by Prince.
1: Shut up already. Damn.
2: Tell me who in this house know about the quake? I mean, really, really. If you know how to rock, say yeah. Yeah. If you know how to party, say oh yeah. Oh yeah. But if you ain't hip to the house quake, shut up. Already.
0: Damn. House quake. Everybody jump up and down. House cause there's a brand new groove going down. Uh. Hey. In your foggy town
1: And kick the kick drum is fault You, you gotta,
0: gotta rock this, rock this monster, monster.
2: Quake. Yeah. Bullshit! You can't get on Until you make the house shake Now everybody clap your hands Come on! Let's jam y'all!
1: Let's jam!
2: Don't wait for your neighbor Green eggs and ham. Doing the house quake There's a brand new crew going round
0: In your city, in your town House quake! Yeah, so Housequake by Prince, that's on Sign of the Times. Then there's another song I just thought of that it also makes me think about, and it's Body Heat by James Brown. James Brown. Woo! So yeah, those are all the tunes. It's like, I just want to be clear these you hear this, don't think, oh man, he hating on Bruno. No, no, no. Not at all. I think it's brilliant. I think it's amazing to figure it out. I think it's even more amazing that people are listening to it and really enjoy it. Um, and to be honest with you, I think it has really helped usher in, you know, people starting to think a little bit more about you know, why do you think, I mean, that's why I'm here doing this, the analysis of it as I hear it, because it, these are things I think about while I'm DJ. Um, that's good, though. I like to stand around, you know, I'm playing Uptown Funk, but in my mind, sometimes I'm thinking about how much it sounds like Roger, and it's like, I'm happy for two different reasons. I'm happy the floor is moving, and I'm happy I'm thinking about classic music. I mean, like, I don't I don't see what the problem is. Um, do I think it's like, do I think it's a ripoff at all? Uh I don't know if I would go that far. I think a lot of popular music is designed to be similar to something else. So, you know, just like him 2 was saying, you find something different. Find the difference in the similar. Um, there's definitely some pop music that I think is like clone funk, as George Clinton would say. It was just like, how can we do the same thing somebody else already did and not really change anything? Just kind of capture everything about it. The way that those Bruno Mars records are put together, there's still a lot of unique quality to those that I'm like, they're still coming in and being able to put their own thing on it and give it a touch that that style didn't necessarily have or, or embody before. I don't know. I respect the artistry. I would work with Bruno Mars tomorrow if he called me. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, as no, you know, if he said, yo, I need something from you, I'd be like, when, you know? But I love that it. it make. It just reminds me of music that I truly adore. So I'm not mad at it at all, but, and I, you know, so those are things I think about while I'm DJing this first segment of that. Listen, man, I've had a lot of your time and I just looked up and realized that and I'm sorry for that, but not really because all of that is pure, unadulterated what I was thinking about when I recorded it. And so I'm glad that you are okay with that by tuning in. That lets me know that you're like, yeah, I'm down with that. So here on Buddy Speaks So Well, these are the kinds of things you can expect if you're new. Once again, if you want to keep in touch with me outside of this, which I highly recommend, you'll get to learn more about who I am as a person, who I am as a musician, as an educator, and a father, husband, you know, son, uncle, play uncle, play cousin, all those different hats that I get to wear that God has blessed me with the time and the space and the mentality to be able to go and do so I'm on Instagram at Mr. K-I-N-E-T-I-K and on Twitter with the same name. It's K i it's kinetic with a K at the end if you were a physical science person like I am. Mr. Kinetic. That's where you can find me. For those of you that have tuned in since the jump, I love you so much. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for telling people about it. Thank you for telling me that I should do it more often. I know that I probably should. Um, but thank you for encouraging me to keep going, not letting me quit. Because some of you have heard me talk about how I don't, always understand what I'm doing and why. But you have told me, just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. People listening, just keep doing it. I appreciate that. I love you guys for that. Until next time, I'm just, uh, make sure that you do something that's positive, productive, and peaceful. All right. It's your boy, Mr. Kinetic, street correspondent, funky educator. I love y'all and I'll see you on the flip side.